welcome, welcome back to the Tenfold Podcast. <laughs> and we're here with a bit of a heavy heart because mm-hmm. there's just been so much stuff happening, not just outside of the world, but inside personally with us as well. We, yeah, have kind of been through the ringer, I would say. Mm-hmm. Like, it's so funny because I had a friend write me last week or something and she's like, how is everything? And if she had written me two days earlier, or it was like two weeks ago, if she had written me two days earlier, I would have been like, oh my God, it's great. Like, you know, I've started a new job soon, like all this kind of stuff. Um, but then I was like, actually, it's really bad. Yeah. <laughs> and I just sent her this whole list of like a hundred things that had happened that were like incredibly sad and stressful. And it all just compounded over one weekend. And yeah. And so that's kind of what things have been. And then, you know, we've got World War Three starting to happen mm-hmm. and we've had these insane floods in Australia that are just unbelievable. I and mean, it's pouring rain again right now. So for the people of like Lismore and all the small yeah. towns around there of the Northern Rivers, I can't even imagine. There's still, like, it's been like five or six days since the flooding started and they're just like starting the cleanup. People have been organizing, like the community has come together so strongly. There are still people stranded. Yeah, there's mudslides. That people haven't been off. contacted. Yeah, like, they're running out of like food and clean water and there's no like petrol, there's no groceries. It's really crazy. Yeah, and it's just like, an hour drive from here yeah so yeah i just it's so hard to comprehend it is um, but anyways if you could do anything to donate or help then definitely please do yeah, yeah. i even I, I don't think it's like as publicized as it should no. be the government isn't helping um I in the way that they should be started, i've heard that they've got like army and navy and stuff in sydney who are like we're literally just to, sitting there yeah. going when are we going to get the go-ahead to be able to come up and help yeah it's really been like locals who've been doing an amazing job and i have friends like so many people that i know have gone down and are helping to clean up and like giving supplies and it's just yeah it's it's nice to see the community come together like that but also sad that they it's have awful to that there's like <laughs> yeah and that the government's not doing anything mm-hmm. yeah so yeah so it's just been a lot of heavy times mm-hmm. uh and yeah for per- us personally as well um and then so this episode is actually going to be about tori's most recent heavy time um yeah. i don't know if you want to intro it we're doing like a trigger warning <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. we're doing a trigger warning so this episode will be about miscarriage yeah well, so making me emotional right yeah now. <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah feel free to listen or feel free not to yeah and but first we'll get into some lighter things Yes. Uh, The one thing that has been bringing me joy, like a lot of joy, other than my baby Mm -hmm. (laughs) and my new job, which I'm really liking, uh, is Love is Blind season two. It's been good. I know. I watched it first, although I didn't like they just had the reunion episode and then I got I just kept like badgering you to watch it because (laughs) (laughs) I just got so into it. I feel like they had really good characters this season. I feel they, like did they did last time too. Yeah, but it's just yeah. always interesting to watch and see, just see people interacting and how everyone's like minds work and. And I feel like that's a more natural setting, which I know yeah. sounds weird because it, it's unnatural in that. But I like that it's really about them talking to each other and getting to know each other as people first. Yeah, and, and building an emotional connection, to begin with. Um. So, who was your favorite couple? Oh. I don't even. I guess I don't know if I. Okay, had spoiler one. alert: too, there yeah. aren't actually that many couples after who, like survived then. it. Or who are your favorite people, people? then? I like. I weirdly did like Shane and 
Natalie? Yeah, yeah. Um, just, I think that they're both, I think they both are kind of immature and don't maybe know themselves too well. Like, Shane was fairly self-aware, even if he was immature. Like, mm-hmm. I think he's trying to be a better person and, like, yeah. And then Natalie, oh, her parents are just, I love her parents. Oh, my God. That, for me, was, like, a standout. It really was. But anyway, sorry. First, I just think that they did have a genuine connection. Like, I, I even yeah. though it didn't work out with them in the end, you can tell that they, like, really did love each other and care about each other and like I think they did want it to work but they just have their own stuff to figure out first maybe or like yeah yeah. okay so who is your favorite or I guess most interesting couple I think that they were all pretty interesting for different reasons but my most interesting couple would definitely have to be deep and and shake deep D and shake I was like deep and (laughs) shake D no (laughs) um or shake and deep D so they were both uh second generation Indian Mm. people in Chicago that's where they're all from right yeah and like grew up in nice families and stuff but grew up with that kind of lens on their life right and then I also just I think identified with them a lot based on how we grew up and it was so interesting to see their dynamic because they both had never dated another Indian person before they both said that they they both said they love blonde haired blue eyed people yeah which i think which is, is like so, the american classic yeah. yeah and i just have so many theories about it and i like that could easily just be me and my own self putting myself into that but i think they're too <laughs> so like i really do think that shake love dp deep tea and i think so too you, the whole time he kept saying she has basically all the qualities i would ever want she's amazing she's so supportive she's like well and just how they interacted with yeah. each other when they were together like i do think he genuinely loved her and i think also when you come from an immigrant family your parents opinion matters mm. even if you don't want it to and it is ingrained in you yeah. right and getting your parents approval which they both did for their partner and and knowing also that their parents would be so happy that they had brought home another Indian person like there's something really like that would deeply resonate there even if you were just begrudgingly like you all want that that, approval from your parents Um, and your family so there was that and then I think also because he was this jokester right and he Mm. and he obviously someone who tries to be cool right I feel like he was just trying to be like Anzis just Aziz Ansari. Yeah, That's the persona he's taken on. And I think growing up where he did, I feel like he would have had to really play that persona like to the max and not drop it, right? And then there is something about only liking blonde-haired, blue-eyed girls. Mm -hmm. It's like that makes you more included. That makes you more normal, a.k.a. white normal. Well, I think they would have both been othered a lot growing up in like a predominantly white society or neighborhood. And then it is like you probably have a bit of like self-hate almost or something and yeah. then it's hard for you to not put that on another person who reflects you like yeah. physically or culturally because you've had so much othering due to that that I think you would like reflect that back on the Well, it's harder person. to assimilate mm. if you're with someone yeah. that, that's that from... makes you more Indian. Yeah, 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 exactly. And so even if like they're adults and they don't believe in that and all that kind of stuff, like I think... I think for sure Shake still has these filters on him that he can't get rid of and he doesn't even realize how deep they run and Mm. how much they control his like every every move and he just he couldn't be vulnerable no he just couldn't open up he He couldn't couldn't accept that love like 
and he was saying all that like awful bitchy stuff about deep tea and saying oh she reminds me of my aunt like Um, he just told everyone else on the show i'm just not physically attracted to her (laughs) but that's the thing too is like going and having to say that to other people having it's like setting he did it right away but then he also was all over her when he first saw her so none of it was like a very big juxtaposition but i've seen people do stuff like that and it's to like back yourself up in case she rejects you yeah and so the whole thing i felt like it was just him trying to like pad himself up in case something happened later which it did right because he had been such a dick and he couldn't kind of like charm his way out of that and so deep d said no right she said no to him and you could see him welling up you could see him holding his eyes and trying not to blink and and turning like red uh, not wanting to cry and then he just put on this like ridiculous like show like oh there's still a party yeah and then just kept like talking about her and he did say at one point like i think by mistake that yeah i would have said yes if she said yes but uh let's keep partying um anyways i thought it was sad and people are just like oh i hate shake i hate this and like he is a dick like he is but he i I feel sorry for him like how are you ever going to be happy and now like when the, in the reunion episode he just doubled down on being yeah a dick and, and like, i've seen people do that yeah. before too and it's like it's just they're and never going to so be able to get out of that because it's yeah. just too scary and all of his triggers have probably been triggered and yeah he doesn't know where to go from there mm-hmm. but yeah what else so we haven't actually talked about the reunion what did okay you think? and then so the reunion yeah, yeah. so how long, i've looked at it and i think they said they filmed it like spring of last year so it's probably been like what maybe a oh year my God. or maybe oh, not so they just filmed the reunion now you mean yeah i think so okay or i would assume they filmed it now it was just so emotional it and was. it was actually a lot like i felt like actually though nick lachey and vanessa lachey did a good job hosting because oh, yeah, everyone finally. made fun of them last season because they were like why are there even hosts what is this but this time they like went in they on everyone in. and were really yeah. like yeah and vanessa's like our, i was watching with our parents first of all i took a video and sent it to tori because <laughs> they both fell asleep like for most of it so i was like oh exciting night watching the reunion but they woke up later for that part and Vanessa Lachey so Nick Lachey used to be married to Jessica Simpson right and they had like a really famous reality TV show I think they were the first couple to have a reality TV show that was so popular Um, and she was so ditzy and he was like the stern one and all of this kind of stuff and then after they broke up he met Vanessa Lachey and they've had like I think three kids together and have a seemingly happy marriage right and they're hosting all these shows now on Netflix Um, and Vanessa Lachey is like could not be more opposite from Jessica Simpson. She's so like lays down the line, yeah. like would keep him in line, you know, yeah. and just is like the the captain of the ship, um, which I think is cool. Anyways, and so she was also the captain of the show, <laughs> and she laid down the line with Shake and just kind of had some really good singers, and so did he too. Mm. They were both really good. I was like, go with them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I actually was surprised that um, I don't even remember their names. The first couple with the where the girls really insecure, Danielle, Danielle and Nick. Nick. Yeah, I was surprised they're still together. So I was like, I oh, wasn't. I was like, because they're. Really I know so many couples really? like that. Like, as she's got the crazy right. She yeah. uh, although she said all the stuff about having mental health issues, yeah. like, but. 
I think like she, yeah I think I just know guys who love the drama and they're always guys like it. Nick yeah. right and then not that she loves the drama she is going through mental health issues yeah. but there are these guys who just can't get enough of it and they love the back and forth and they love yeah. like well because it's interesting because he seems like he's really trying to like do the self-work and like a lot of the things he would say would be yeah. like I'm not gonna deal with this toxicness or like like I think he was recognizing a lot of the patterns already but then he didn't do anything but from recognizing it, it. Yeah. that's what that's what he probably gets off on so yeah um but I do feel bad for her because like she's just like I think has so many insecurities and and her mom and, like, obviously was the so, cause yeah, of most of them I think so. <laughs> yeah her mom was full on um but yeah so they're only the two couples that stayed together I, yeah I think that I'd be really surprised if they broke up really what yeah. about um, Ayana, oh, Ayana and, Jared. and Jared. I, I just didn't. I can't get over the fact that he proposed to Mallory first. Although yeah. I was trying to think about it, like if you're on that show, you're so confused. You've got two people that you really like, like in your mind, and it's the same when you're dating online and messaging people. Like it's like two people make a whole. So yeah, you'll be like, you oh, you could just it's like you like the com- the combination of, of messaging both those people and both their sides of their personalities mm-hmm. and all that stuff. And then I could totally see the same thing happening in the pods when you're talking yeah. to two people. When the idea of just having one half of this like combination of love fun yeah. that you've created would be really hard so he proposed to Mallory first Mallory said no and then he proposed to Ayana yeah. and that had that feeling of like are you just trying to stay on the show but it's I hard. I do think that he loves her I, I hope do. they somehow can stay together yeah, I don't know because I felt like they seemed a bit strained maybe on the and they did talk about how marriage is hard work and stuff which I think it is like I don't think that means their marriage is bad or anything but well he said that stuff about having he's like already stepped out of line a little bit like because he is a big partier right so he was going going out out to like 6 a.m on a tuesday night right and she's a big introvert um so they said they've tried to find some balance and like he kind of stepped out of line but he realized he was and he pulled himself back in but i'm so cynical i think because then i think did you just do that because you knew a reunion tv show was coming up like and you're trying to make it till then like will you keep doing that um, the one thing that I think is good is that his dad is a preacher and his parents are and still he together. Married them. <laughs> yeah, and his dad the married show. them. Um, yeah. But I think he, I think he really wants to be a to make it a success and, yeah. and be a family man and be like his parents. And Ayana is such a lovely, oh, yeah. like, wonderful person to do that with. So I think he does know that if he messes that up, mm. he's going to lose everything. Yeah. So. Congratulations to the Love is Blind season two, yeah. two couples who oh, made wow. it. And then, yeah, Natalie and Shane was just sad. Sal and Mal it were was. weird. Oh, yeah. And who else was there? That Oh, oh Shane. Shane. I don't even want whatever. to talk about her. Yeah. What was the point? Was um, <laughs> but yeah, I think the reunion was almost a bit, it felt like almost too personal. Like you were really in someone's bedroom or something. Yeah. It, yeah. And uh, actually, it was funny. Like everyone's reactions to Shake was really, like you can tell oh that my God, he. So mad at him. I think yeah, everyone just thinks he's really awful and like could not hide their disdain. And they're like, he's so ridiculous because I think he's also just doubled down on his douchiness and was just one of those people you that keeps douche, talking. I'm gonna be the biggest like, yeah. douche. Um. Okay. Wait. So we didn't do special uh, focus on Natalie's parents. Oh yes. So Natalie is Korean American. And this is, again, my own preconceptions of things, but, like, coming from, like, a Japanese-Serbian household, and it can be so strict in some ways, 
I always like like think that other people who have grew up in Asian households at least are gonna. But there have is a lot of I've heard from strictness. a lot of people like that. I, a lot of my Asian friends have read articles online that ge- like the general conception a, of Asian parents is like they're not very emotional. Yeah, and like they, they show love by like actions and making you get good grades. <laughs> yeah. Those are obviously stereotypes, but there's that idea where a lot of Asian parents are like that. Um, but Natalie herself is like so bubbly, kind of quirky, like funny, yeah. all this stuff. And then when we met her parents, I, I was like, oh, that's why. Because mm-hmm. they were so lovely and funny, right? And joyful and light. Like then they don't seem like immigrants who come, you know, no. and like are carrying this heavy burden with them. Like maybe they aren't actually. I don't know yeah, what their background was. But um, they just... Yeah, they were like excited that she was doing that. Her mom like had to come around, but then she did, yeah. right? And they were so emotional and they just loved her so much. And Oh, and her, her mom and Shane's mom like became best friends. Yeah, it was so sweet. And then when she was going to get married, her dad was just like, every day is amazing with you like, like you're so much fun yeah you you just like make my life so wonderful like oh, thank you said the you. best you're the best thing that's ever happened yeah. to me in my life is like being your dad yeah, and he said God, like just listen to your heart like i yeah, love that meme that so you sent lovely. me or i saw online that was like what who's your favorite guy in, on love is blind and why is it natalie's dad yeah <laughs> and then it like showed <laughs> all those true. quotes but then it's you're so like true. oh you understand how she made such a difficult decision well Okay, so for someone who didn't grow up with like the healthiest ideas of like what are what's a relationship, what yeah. is what are boundaries, like what are all those things, seeing Natalie say no to Shane, and then her reason was when I think about my dad and how he makes me feel, like, like safe, secure, secure loved. loved. Like I just knew that that's not how Shane makes me feel, and I knew I couldn't do it. And I like literally right now that just again gave me like shivers because I was like, imagine, imagine having that security and example in your life that is like so strong like that, that you have a guiding light. It's a compass, a compass that will show or a flashlight that will take you through any dark time. Right. Mm. And show you a path no matter what, like something you can always pull from yourself like because she was really in love with him like you could she see was. how in I love don't, with like, him she, she, I don't know anyone who would have said no yeah even if they'd had a fight where he said I hate you yeah before. like most people I know and would like, still say you'd be oh, like oh I've gotten to this point there's yeah. just like really hot guy who I, everyone's like, waiting me. for like, me at the wedding you'd like, just be like okay I gotta do it I guess the like <laughs> amount of like self-assuredness and courage and, and confidence yeah and confidence and it's just amazing like I was just like this is gonna if if young girls are watching this <laughs> or like okay. if like girls in their 30s even who need help like are watching this it's just such a beautiful true example it was like watching like the end of a disney mm. movie where you like learn a really good lesson <laughs> that's what i felt yeah. like um yeah it really just got me and i loved it oh and actually natalie's mom also said something else like a lot earlier in the show that i thought was really great um and she said to her a few times like natalie love does not make a marriage like it's mm. not the only thing yeah. sorry and it's not the it's only not thing enough. in a partnership yeah. like it's not just love like you need more than just love and I was like oh that's so true because I feel like that's been so many of my relationships too where it's like you need there's just so many yeah. other factors and so love many other can only get you so far <laughs> so anyways I'm just repeating myself but um yeah that was so great and then deep t2 obviously said no to shake and yeah. she was like i'm choosing myself i'm choosing myself i'm choosing myself like, i'm so impressed she didn't cry 
Yeah. I was like, I would just be bawling. (laughs) (laughs) But these are two girls who were raised with strong foundations. And not that we aren't strong in our own Mm -hmm. ways and we can do it. But in terms of that kind of emotional capacity, I feel like we both are a bit of a mess. We would have been in a situation like that. Um, Yeah. So it was just, I loved it. Me too. It was good. It was good. I'm, yeah. And I was like, if there's ever love is blind australia i really want to go i think it. you should i feel like everyone would be in love with you though and then you'd be like ah, i don't know oh god i would actually <laughs> i would just be so embarrassed not so and i don't think everyone would be in love with me but my reactions to whatever happened would be really embarrassing but a really good like confrontational mirror also for me yeah. to see i would be scared of going out and seeing the person and then not having them be who you thought they would be because like i would actually have a huge issue with that because i would I really think imagine have, i know that's the thing i was thinking of- like you'd be you'd get to know someone so well and then you'd have a picture of them in your head and like a lot of the times i think what happened with like mal and, and, sal. and sal and like it's not that sal's ugly or no anything, it's not that but- people think you're unattractive but it's like they've pictured this completely different person and then it would be really big disconnect and you'd just be like oh i think you'd almost feel like a loss like you yeah. actually lost someone yeah. in a sad way where you'd be like oh that he disappeared. Yeah, I think I would not be good at hiding but that yeah. face. I'd Love like, is blind, mm-hmm. Australia. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Coming at you soon. Um, but I think that's the only reality show I would actually go, go on, on nowadays. Yeah. Yeah. What about you? I Survivor. Think, oh, You've got to do Survivor. Survivor. Oh, I was watching that SAS show the other day. That one looks horrible. I just and I turned it off because people were just scary. always screaming at each yeah. other. Anyways. Um, <laughs> yeah. Okay. What else? Oh, Euphoria. Oh yeah, I don't I, even know what to say about it, but I love either. Euphoria. I got on the Euphoria train like two months ago or a month ago. Yeah, I don't know why I didn't badger you to watch the first season because I definitely binged. Yeah, the first and I just season, was like, so into it, and then the second season started, and I got really into it, and then it just like dispersed kind of, into yeah, this like it just didn't all these streams of weirdness, and everything was kind of flat. And I actually just fast forwarded through lots of parts, like in mm. the last two episodes, which is so weird. Like, I almost feel like it is because, like, for the first while, each episode almost felt like its own movie or show. Yeah. And then at the end, they kind of tried to just make it into a normal show again. Like, I don't know, it just didn't flow. align, like, or yeah. flow. Yeah. I don't think we need to talk about it that no. much more. Um, okay. Okay. Should we get into the sad parts? Yeah, to our sad parts. (laughs) Here's our trigger warning. Um, So yeah, I had a miscarriage over the last like few weeks. Um, But I just wanted to talk about it because I feel like... I was actually surprised that you want to talk about it. I just like didn't think this was ever going to be on the menu. I just think think I'm hoping it will be a good way for me to like further process it. And I think also I just want to be open about it. And like when I started going through it, I was just looking so much stuff up online and being like, oh, I want to listen to the podcast or like understand what's happening. Um, And I was like, oh, I feel like I wish I had something else to like listen to that had like more detail or just like explain stuff in a different way. Um, But yeah, okay, I'll start from sort of the beginning. Yeah, I guess. Like, so my pregnancy, first of all, was... It wasn't unexpected, but like my partner and I were kind of just like not not trying and we didn't think it would happen so quickly. Um, so I found out like, I think like mid-January, like right when our parents were getting here. And then I guess it was only, I think when I think about it now, it was like only a few weeks that I actually 
knew I was pregnant before I started miscarrying, but it felt like a long time. Yeah, it did. Like it did feel like a long time because I, I found out like pretty much right away because I my period is like really regular and I know I have like one of the apps and I was like a couple of days late and just had some other symptoms. Or I was you like, did I just feel know. It. Yeah, like I kind of just knew and I was with Alex and we like went and got pregnancy tests and then I was like, ah. And then you like went home and I forgot about it and then you just <laughs> sent me a message or something and, and I was like, like wait, what? <laughs> and I was like, oh. Um, yeah, and then like it's weird because you obviously you like picture your whole like yeah. timeline. You're like, oh, this is happening. This is and then I like made a an appointment with the doctor to like get the blood test and just like start. I don't know whatever you're supposed to start planning. <laughs> um, and then yeah, it was like the first few weeks I started to have like some of the symptoms like nausea and like all that stuff. And um, I was just like planning my life at. And I I told quite a few people. Like I told you, I told our parents, I told a lot of my friends. Like here All or your back close home. friends, yeah. Like, yeah, I told because I was also like, I don't want to keep it a secret till twelve weeks or whatever people say. Because I was yeah. in the back of my mind, like not to be morbid, but like if something did happen, like I wouldn't want to have to tell them, tell that. them, and yeah. then tell, like, because you want people to be in on the journey yeah, with you and sure. just be I able to be happy about it too. and like, yeah. yeah. Um, and then yeah, I guess it was like the beginning or the first week end of February. We had a mm-hmm. friend like. Shadi come up here with her partner and um, we're just like having a nice weekend with them and then I noticed that I had like a tiny tiny bit of spotting and like I wouldn't have even noticed like it's where you just like wipe and then you see some like I wouldn't have even noticed otherwise and like I then I felt like a bit off that weekend where I was just like a bit more tired but I was like am I just being paranoid or like because a lot of people do spot in early pregnancy as yeah. well like I think they said like 20% it's of people so, do it's pretty common yeah. it's pretty common but then I also started feeling like some of my pregnancy symptoms like were lessening a bit but then you read stuff and you're also you see that that can go back and forth for some people so you're kind of like yeah. you don't wanna, I felt like I had days where I yeah I you don't want to assume it, yeah. anything um, but I made an appointment with my doctor because he had actually said when I had my first appointment that I could go and get an early scan for like dating which you do at I think seven weeks mm-hmm. um but i had been like oh i don't actually think i want to do that because it's not he said it's not necessary and like i kind of wanted to avoid too much intervention yeah. and like not have an unnecessary scan and stuff so i was like you know what i don't think i'll do that um but then i went to see my doctor and he was like oh spawning is really normal like i wouldn't be too worried but like maybe you can go do that i said i, I think i want to do that scan now just to make sure because i just felt i did feel like something was off and i didn't know if i was just being like paranoid about it or not but anyways, I went to do the scan and like Alex came with me um, and I was kind of like, I think on one hand, I was expecting the worst in some ways. But then on the other hand, I was like, oh, it probably is nothing. I'm probably just like worried because it's my first pregnancy and like any anything is like you don't know what's supposed to be what like any any symptom any sign you have you're like is this normal is this that is that anyways and Alex came with me and we did the scan and it was like the worst scan ever I feel like I don't know if it was an actual nightmare it was just like the ultrasound person well first they had to do like I think it's a what is it called a retroverted uterus or something so that they it's harder for them to do the scan just on your belly so then they do the internal one which is always like awful um, and then she it felt like it was like 10 minutes that she was just like scanning, scanning, scanning was. and like yeah. not saying anything the whole time. I, you'd think they would train them a little bit I better. I know, because like, usually yeah. when you do stuff like that, they kind of just explain everything that they're yeah. saying. They'll be like, this is your uterus. This is your right ovary. This is your left ovary. And then like, 
whatever but she was just like silent the i wonder whole time. if she'd ever like i wonder how long she'd been doing it for yeah and if she'd it might have been it like, might have been that but it was just like then i just started like crying because i was awful. like me too yeah because you're supposed to like be able to hear a heartbeat at i think i was supposed to be at seven weeks at that point um and yeah and then like she just didn't say anything and then at the end she said did we even do we have to ask or she just said like oh, no I we did say is, is there, so did you hear anything yeah like, and she was what? like oh i can't find a heartbeat yeah. but it might just be or she was like oh i think you should go to your doctor and get um a hormone test because they test yeah. hcd is like the pregnancy hormone in the first trimester i think it's supposed to basically like double or triple every few days mm-hmm. um so she was like you should go get that test to see and then she, it just seemed like very dire and very yeah. like just like i guess this is awful <laughs> like well was, i think at that point we thought that was it yeah like we were like we were both oh. just crying yeah and crying and, we and like okay. it was awful it was like just really bad and then um i went to my doctor i think i ended up getting a blood test like that day but then the lab was like slow with it so then i think i was waiting for like another 24 hours to find yeah. anything and then um that blood test actually came back good so my hormones were still rising we were so everyone was yeah, shocked we were and just like, like so okay like, maybe wait, we, do we, have, do what, we reframe hope? our mind what like what it? and like and my doctor said it could be a dating thing so like they based the date off of your last period and stuff but you like everyone's body's different you might not actually be ovulating like in line with that so they he was like it could be a dating thing and maybe you're just earlier along than you thought because before seven or whatever weeks there's not always like a heartbeat that early so that might explain it um oh and she she did say too that it was measuring smaller than it should be yeah. so like it was measuring a few weeks smaller so then Anyways, we're like, maybe, maybe it is a dating thing. So it's this thing where we like assumed it was like a miscarriage. And then there was this hope where we were like, oh, maybe it will work. And then my doctor told me to get another hormone test to like see if the levels were still rising because they're supposed to rise every few days. And then I think I got that on a Friday morning. And then he called me like Friday. Actually, I took, I worked from home on the Thursday because I thought he was going to call me about my blood test my first blood test the Thursday and I was like I don't want to get that call at work um but then I didn't even find out till late I don't know anyways and then he called me like Friday afternoon with the second blood test and said that it was going down and then he was basically just like yeah it's kind of a miscarriage like he it was such a weird thing because no one would really like confirm confirm it um and then he was just like yeah so it looks like a miscarriage so I'm like I've referred you to the hospital because they have like an early pregnancy unit here. Um, and then like you can go in on Monday and kind of go over your options, basically. So like they call that like a missed miscarriage, which I never heard of. But it's kind of like heard of it. But when I didn't you, know that when the baby stops growing, basically, or like mm. kind of dies inside of you. But then you don't actually miscarry it. So something in your oh. body hasn't kind of like processed yeah. it yet. So like you don't you don't start bleeding and, you know, Um Anyway, so then I was also like reading all these like. But forums. also the roller coaster of that. So it yeah. was like, first you thought, okay, that's it after the scan. Then you thought, oh, oh maybe there's God. a chance, and like, y- you you wanted to be positive, and like if the baby still had a chance, you wanted yeah. to be like giving it good vibes yeah. and, and thinking the best, right? And then like getting your mindset in the right place, and like, and then Friday, then you get that other call. It was just like it was really horrendous. Hard I actually like, feel like I felt the most grief after that first scan yeah like, i think that's yeah. when i had the most sadness because that's when i was really like oh i guess it's done but then i, I was just such a roller coaster and then um 
yeah so then that weekend i was just like researching or like googling and going on all these forums about like mis- miscarriage and what people know because i also felt weird about it because like it had literally been like a week and i'd had like a tiny bit of spotting and then like had the scan and then the test and then the other test and it like it felt like it all happened so quickly and there was no real clarity to it or like no one was like a hundred percent like okay like you've miscarried so like yeah. you just feel like what if there is a chance that it's not that or like what like what do i do like what is it because the options basically are you just let it happen naturally but then you don't actually know when that will happen or if it yeah. will happen and then you can take the pill that's like mis mis misapropo misapropo i don't know something like that um which basically kind of makes you go into like labor almost it simulates that so like it softens your cervix and then you can start having like contractions and that and then you can get a dnc which is like a i forget what it actually means something in cutteridge anyways but that's like a, the surgery where they go in and they basically like scrape out what's inside your cervix yeah um so basically that's what i was gonna go to the hospital and like have them kind of go over those options with me on monday um and then i went like luckily our parents are here because that was like so helpful to have our mom here yeah, and to be able yeah. to come to like <laughs> all the appointments with me um well i would have come to all of them even yeah but it would have been hard <laughs> yeah. um and then yeah so we went there and like actually they were really great at the hospital um the nurses were like really really nice and really understanding so i did like i think i no i didn't do any tests that day i went and then she started she started to be like do you want to go over the options and i was almost like I don't feel ready like yeah I don't feel like it's been like I, I asked them how they kind of come to that conclusion and make that decision and she was she did say like yeah based on like my hormones going down and the size of the baby and stuff like it's just she basically was saying there's not really hope but like she also said if you have any doubt you should definitely just do more tests because once you do like a DNC or the surgery or whatever yeah. you can't take it back and yeah. like you don't want to have any doubts after that and like I talked to my mom for about a bit about it for a bit but then I was like even to me talking about this with you means I'm having doubts so I feel like I should just yeah have the peace of mind mm-hmm. um so then they were like okay come back on Wednesday and you can do like another scan and another blood test um so then I went back to the hospital on Wednesday to do that um and then it was really awful again because they they were they, the again they like kind of were scanning for a while and just like looking at stuff and then the ultrasound people didn't even tell me like anything that they saw they were just like did it and then they were like okay like go talk to the the nurses and the doctor um but i think they said something i heard something where i was like is there a heartbeat because i felt like they'd referenced something that i was like well what is that um and then we went to go talk to the nurse and then she was like okay now the the baby is measuring smaller than it was because i think originally it was like eight millimeters and then it was like three millimeters this time but then it had a heartbeat of like Mm. 74 beats which is super slow for a baby i think they're supposed to be like 180 or like 200 or something she's like that's the type of heartbeat that you would have at like four or five weeks if like you just start having a heartbeat Mm -hmm. um but then she was saying basically like that didn't actually give it any hope she was just saying now that they've detected a heartbeat the doctors wouldn't do a dnc like if Mm. there is a heartbeat um and now it's just kind of like they just have better equipment to detect i don't know she was just saying it could have been like there is like depending on who the tech is like it just i don't know they all have different techniques or maybe the baby was in a different 
kind of position. Yeah. Like, who knows? I don't know. There's probably so many things that could have been the reason for that. Um, it just felt it, that was. She so literally crazy. was like, she felt like so sorry for me and was like, "This is really cool and like a really horrible situation mm-hmm. for you to be in." Because like, basically now we just have to wait for there to not be a heartbeat, and then it's like a waiting game where she was like, "When do you want to schedule your next yeah. appointment?" Because like, obviously you don't want to just wait forever so she was like we can do friday and probably by friday like there won't be because like my hormones were still going down and like obviously yeah. the baby was getting smaller and like even though it had a heartbeat yeah um and then and then she was like or oh, you can wait like a week mm-hmm. or whatever and i was like oh, i'd rather do friday but they were very much like it's very unlikely that there will still be heartbeat on friday and they were like we might be able to schedule you in for a dnc that day like at the hospital if, if that's the case so then I was like, okay, and then like it's just weird because there was like no hope, but then there was a heartbeat. So you're like, oh, am I just like hoping to not have? It's just weird to be like hoping to not have a heartbeat. <laughs> like yeah. that's just like the strangest like feeling to be in. Um, yeah, and they were like, this is really like rare and like awful. <laughs> um, anyways, and then I went in on Friday, and I went with my partner because I was like, oh, I want him to like be at one of the appointments because he like normally was working during all that time and um I was just like I don't want to have gone to like all the appointments yeah. so I'm like I want him to be in on it and feel part of it um and then I think that's really important yeah it was important for me and then um and he was like super supportive about it um and then yeah we went in on Friday and then there was still a heartbeat mm-hmm. and like the baby was so they said the baby was measuring like five millimeters but then she was also like that could just be a difference between the text like it doesn't mean that yeah. it's actually grown and either way it still like should have been at 20 millimeters so yeah. there was like really no hope Not and I viable. actually do think that they would have potentially given me the DNC that day because like she did ask she was like if they would do it would you do it sort of thing but I was like I just feel like I can't yeah. like I just like yeah it would just feel wrong I think um um that being said like I am totally pro-choice and I think if the situation had been different and like it was an unwanted pregnancy I would have been okay with that but I think for me since it was it was something that I'd wanted and like I had been just like thinking about it and like thinking of it as my future baby and all this stuff I just and I think because it seemed like it was like hanging on. Yeah, it was like, like I was like, so hard. I feel like it was really trying to like stay in there. I was like, okay, I think I'll just let it, like, see, like, yeah. take its course a bit. Um, yeah, it was, it was. I think it was. It was just all very like conflicting how it all happened and like such a roller coaster. You in an, a, a literal limbo. Yeah, it was like a very torturous limbo where I couldn't. I feel like I've said to you and a few friends like I just I still feel like I don't know. I'm still like waiting for it to hit me in some ways or I don't feel like I've mm-hmm. had that like real emotional like release or like strong grief that I would want but I think part of that is because like I did feel a lot of grief after that very first scan and then it was like so up and down that I never felt like I could feel to one Probably, way or the yeah. other because mm-hmm. I didn't want to just like wallow in grief when there was still like a heartbeat or still stuff happening yeah. where you're like you don't want to just give up I guess but then I didn't feel like yeah it was just very very torture it was a torture where you're just like a torture of like scans and blood tests in the hospital and like weird it's just weird to walk around for like three weeks being like i guess i'm miscarrying right now technically like and people are like how are you and you're like uh (laughs) well and like hoping that you will miscarry yeah something that you want to it was just like it was just really strange and it was like every 
weekend for three weeks was like uh, I kept on thinking it would happen or it was gonna like something would be resolved soon and then it just kept like dragging on <laughs> forever um but then I feel like I did I think after this like the second time when there was still a heartbeat I kind of like almost just like was more at peace with it because I was like it's almost so ridiculous yeah and it's like rarity and like the yeah so the doctor was at that last one and I was like how common is this and she was like it's really not like oh. that common um not like mis miscarriage but just like the way that it had yeah like dra- drawn out for me um and yeah but I think I just after that I was like well obviously this baby is just like really likes being with me and yeah. wants to like stick around for a bit longer so I'm just gonna like let it more time together. <laughs> yeah and like I think just with all the like self-work we've done over the last like while and just like like I've become like pretty spiritual I just believe like I believe in like spirits and reincarnation and everything's energy and I I feel like whoever that baby was that soul was like with me in a past life and will be with me again and this just wasn't the life that we're it wasn't to. the right time yeah so I like I don't feel so black and white about it and so like yeah I just feel like everything is a cycle and this cycle is just not the one for that but I think that's like the way that helps me feel mm-hmm. more okay about it yeah. but I think I also expected to be like obviously I sound really emotional right now I think I get emotional when I talk about it but overall I feel like I've been pretty I think it's like healthy. solid yeah. <laughs> in it but I've almost felt guilty about mm-hmm. being solid um anyway so after that like third or whatever foreskin what it was that's that was like the friday and then they told me to come back the next wednesday so they were like give it like more more time how many weeks was that um so that would have been like two and a half weeks or coming on three weeks um and then saturday i started to actually like miscarry but it was different than i thought it would be because i'd been reading a lot of stuff of like what it would be like to try and figure out my options and what i wanted to do and like part of me really was like oh I hope it happens naturally in some ways um because I just don't like I'm trying to be more natural over and I don't always love like taking medication or like doing things to my body and stuff so I was like if it happens naturally that'd be nice but then like I'd read about the pill and, and like I said it kind of like simulates labor and I was like I don't want to I don't think I want to go through that like that sounds kind of awful to me um but I was also like doing surgery is is the surgery like it's a even though it's like a pretty minor surgery you're still going under general anesthetic and like putting your body through that but anyways um so I think it was like the Saturday night around like three or four or something I started to I think actually a couple of days before that I had started to spot a bit more so then I was like oh okay because I would I always wondered like oh if I hadn't gone to the f- doctor in the scan at that first spotting like would I just have avoided this prolonged like yeah. process almost but at that point when I started to bleed a bit more I was like oh I definitely would have just gone in for a scan yeah now anyways yeah. yeah um so then I was like oh maybe it will happen this weekend because I have started to bleed a bit more um and then yeah Saturday afternoon I just it kind of just felt like I was getting a really heavy period um and then I just I feel like it happened over maybe like two or three hours and I literally just like kept going to the bathroom and going to the toilet and like did you have cramps or I did I'm just like minor like it just yeah. felt like the same as a period but the only thing was like I was just passing more blood and like some like yeah. clots and stuff um but it was so weird because I was just like I guess I'm just 
flushing the baby down the mm. toilet like it was yeah. so weird because i was like what do you do and i kept on like this is like maybe too much information but i kept on like putting my flashlight into the toilet to be like yeah. can i tell if there's anything you could like you can't tell because like the baby would have been like it's only like five millimeters it's yeah, like less than a centimeter so like you wouldn't really be able to see it no, in like lots of not. blood or whatever um but for i like it was good that for me it didn't actually feel that much worse than just like a heavy period because some of the stuff I'd read online people said it was like awful but I think maybe because I wasn't as far along and because the baby was like smaller it wasn't too bad but it was just such a surreal like it's just weird like I wouldn't have wanted to do it at the hospital and my mom came over at one point during this and was like oh I think you should just go to the hospital because she was just she just gets anxious about stuff and was worried but like I had asked the nurse and the doctor on the Friday like oh what do I do if I start having a miscarriage and they were just like oh it's they said if you start like feeling a heavy pad like in two hours or like two in a row or something then maybe go to emergency because it's basically they don't want you to lose too much blood but she was like otherwise it's fine to like manage at home and just take a panadol like you know a couple of panadols Mm -hmm. um but yeah i was like oh it would be so awful to go do it in the emergency room too because like that would be horrible but it's just weird that you're doing it at home and you're just like oh okay like yeah this is it's just it's so surreal and like strange and then i was just like oh, i guess it's is it done like an anticlimactic yeah thing? not that you want it to be no climactic, but, but yeah. it's just like it felt so like it almost felt like if i hadn't been aware as aware of my body and then like hadn't known i was pregnant you probably wouldn't even realize I wouldn't have realized but that was a miscarriage right, yeah. like you would have just been like oh I'm my period's late or like I've missed like something and like I feel like that could happen to a lot of people probably if you don't have a regular period especially mm-hmm. um so anyways I went I called them and I was like oh should I call because she had said if you do miscarry then you'll probably come in like a week later to check to see like if everything has come out um and then I called them and I said yeah just come in on the Wednesday still so to go back in for another scan <laughs> and then in that scan they found that there was still some like supporting structure that was like a few centimeters or something and that was like a blood uh, like attached so it was mm-hmm. still like in there and then they were like you again it was the same thing where they're like you can wait and see if it comes How out strong is your body yeah like, all of this stuff I, was like still, still trying and trying and trying it says a lot about about you yeah um but they said you can wait until and see if it comes out but at that point i had i wasn't really like spotting or bleeding anymore so they were like it doesn't mm-hmm. like that's not a great sign that it's going to come out naturally um and they also said i might have to go on antibiotics if i do that because yeah. there's like a risk of infection um and then also you just don't know when or if that's going to happen mm-hmm. and then again you can take the pill and you didn't want to have to keep going into the yeah hospital. I, I literally at this point was like my i think the main decision was i didn't want to have another scan i was yeah. like i do not want to come back in here for like a, yeah. another scan like i don't know if i can handle it and then yeah so there's the pill and i could take the pill but it's like with both of those options i still would maybe have to do the dnc because neither of them like guarantees that everything will come out mm-hmm. and i was just like i don't want to have to do those and go through that and then like have another scan and then have to do a dnc i was like at this point i'm just i'll just do the dnc because i just want it to be done like Mm -hmm. it'd been three weeks by then that i was like up and down and doing tests and doing scans and like just yeah in this crazy limbo and i was like okay i'll just and i wanted to avoid doing surgery because like who wants to do surgery but i was just like okay it's just i just want to bite the bullet and at that point i was just like i just want it to be over like i just want some like closure and relief and like 
not to have to keep thinking about mm-hmm. all of that um yeah so then i booked in the dnc for the friday yeah so that was the wednesday and then i was going to do it on the friday um and then that whole process in itself was kind of like horrible not the actual dnc i don't know like that was fine um but it's just the strange like you do it here at a day hospital and then i I guess they just weren't clear enough to me beforehand because they were like all the nurses will call you the day before to like tell you about the prep or like what you have to do but like on the sheet of paper they gave me i realized later it said like they call they call you to tell you the time of your surgery like the day before which it's so just weird. weird and i also found a letter they sent me a letter from the hospital about oh the surgery God. but also said the surgery was like the next week so i don't even know it's just confusing i was like who sends letters these days it's literally Anyways. my new job is to make an app for the hospital so that they don't do that anywhere i think that's good, so good. Weird, um yeah and then so i was literally i called them like three times on thursday because i was like when is my surgery gonna be because like you have to get someone to pick you up from it and like i'm supposed to drive the kids to school on friday and i was like what like i have everyone has a life like you need to make arrangements um and then finally i called them at like 6 p.m because the hospital like supposed to close at 5 p.m and i was like can you let me know what's happening and then they were fine like oh okay like because they kept saying the nurses would call me when they were done their rounds but like i called them at 9 a.m and they said that so i assumed it would be like in a few hours anyways and then so they finally told me okay like come in at 8 a.m and i had to i still you still have to take the pills when you do the surgery because then it it like softens your cervix and opens it up or whatever so you have to take the pills like three hours before the surgery and um yeah so then i went to the hospital but there it's just the whole experience there made it's me horrendous be like, too wow like of all the things you've already trade. had to go through and then you had to go through that on well, your own because you weren't allowed no to you're not allowed anyone. to bring anyone and then um also they do that like they're that's what they do all the time like i'm sure they do other surgeries but like they also do this like every day i think um and i went in and then first of all the guy was who was checking people in was like oh you're not on the list like let me figure it out and i was like oh my god like if i like don't get to do this surgery today, I'm <laughs> anyways and then he like sorted it out and i went in and then um i just felt like so many people kept on asking me what are you here for what are you here for and i had to keep being like i'm here for a dnc dnc and like i understand they have to like confirm you're doing like the thing that you're doing or like confirm you're doing the right surgery but i feel like they all would like have my chart or no or at least they could be like oh you're here for a dnc is that right or like you know like i feel like there's another way they could go about it or have they don't have to get every single person there to ask you what you're there for and then when i was going into like uh, the anesthesiologist he asked me again like what are you here for and then he was like why and i was like what like it just seemed like so weird like you're supposed to explain that to them and i said like i don't even know what i said i think i was just like oh because it didn't all come out because i was like what no bedside like what how do i answer that question like like i'm miscarrying and it hasn't come out like anyways and then and then i started like crying and then he felt bad but i was just like well you shouldn't feel bad (laughs) like why are you like it's just like extra torture and like trauma to have to constantly like repeat what you're there for um and then like the doctor atrocious especially because they have a midwife program at that small hospital like the whole thing is about birth and like i for me i was thinking too because like i feel like i was lucky in that i had like a really good support system around me during all this and like i feel like i dealt with it pretty well but i was like so many people would be like 
really like traumatized and have like, told anyone we'd be dealing yeah, with it by themselves and like, like in secret and then and they just have all these people being like what do you do and like what if you were going i don't know maybe they don't do abortions there but like what if you were going there for an abortion and they're like why yeah. like well, like just i don't know and then like the doctor came and then she i think because i was like crying the end of it and she was like oh are you like anxious and then the anesthesiologist was like no she's just sad or like something it was just like I was just like, how do you guys have no like, empathy or like sensitivity? And I literally talked to the doctor for like two seconds and she was like, do you have any questions? And I was just like, no. And then they like put me out and then I just like woke up from whatever. And then they, they kind of just like ask if you're okay and then put you in this room and give you some tea and like food and then tell you about like aftercare. But they don't actually tell you anything about how the surgery went or like what happened it was just like weird and like i think i was still like kind of drugged up so i didn't like really think to yeah. ask that much um and yeah it was just and was you don't have to get any scans experience. after to follow up and make sure it was no because well i guess they're in there scraping it all out so i think unless you have any like i think if you bleed for a while after like then you go get it checked out but i'm going to my doctor like next friday and then the hospital did call me on the monday to like follow up and check in and i did tell them all of this and was like yeah i didn't i didn't actually have a good experience because i felt like people were not very (laughs) empathetic um but yeah apparently they will send the report to my doctor and i guess my doctor goes over it with me but like i don't even really know what the report is or what it will show like because it doesn't show because i did ask the nurses like when i was going to get the dnc at the hospital i was like oh what can you find out anything from it or like whatever um and they said no like they said especially it's only if you have multiple miscarriages that they'll actually like kind of try and do a bit of digging to find out if there's a reason for that um because they said a miscarriage in the first trimester like it is really common like it's one in five or one in four it was one in four yeah have one um and it's usually just a chromosome yeah in that first in the first trimester yeah because it's usually just like the chromosomes there's something off with like yeah how that's it's just like there's so many reasons why that can be yeah and it's usually not like anything to do with and your it's body also so common stuff. we know so it's, many people yeah. have miscarriages like, we really have and i think that is something that actually not just the first trimester no too, that's something so. that's really helped me through this is that like it our is, mom had one too, yeah in the second trimester yeah right? and yeah. like we have a lot of friends who have had them and like even like i told people at work my work has been like so nice and supportive um because i obviously i was starting to have like doctor's appointments and this stuff um but like a few people at work told me about people they know or their experience or this or that and like it's just been it made me feel very not alone because i know how common it is and mm-hmm. i know some people have been through it and i'm really grateful for that because i feel like before it was so much more taboo yeah. and like not talked about and it's still like is like i still it's not like i'm going around to everyone being like oh, i had a miscarriage but like i almost am trying to be a bit more like that because like it almost shouldn't be like any different from any other surgery or like things yeah, that, or things illness that where it's like why is it you would hide this when it's almost like has so, so much and you more don't of a big impact on your life shame around yeah it. like i know for some people they just they there's other reasons why they wouldn't want it to be to, public yeah but like i'm not I saying everyone has to like shout it from the rooftops no, but no. it is that thing where i'm like you don't want to feel like you aren't allowed to yeah, tell people or it's like a secret that you have to hide because it like it does have such an impact on you like emotionally and all that stuff um but yeah i'm fine like after the surgery i'm fine physically like i literally didn't even feel anything after and I, I feel fine I'm just not supposed to swim for like two weeks um luckily we've had the flooding yeah horrible water it's not been very swimming friendly weather um but yeah I definitely 
I don't know. I felt I felt a huge sense of relief after the surgery because it just had been like three weeks of a torturous limbo roller coaster, like just craziness. And it's it's weird when it happens because this early because it's like I almost am like had that thing where I'm like, am I allowed to feel sad about? Not like I know on a like logical level, of yeah. course you are, but you're like just starting to like think about the baby and like have all these like ideas of the future and stuff but it's like so early on and you're it's just like you haven't I feel like I hadn't fully like conceptualized it in some ways and then you like Mm -hmm. lose it and then you're like oh wait is it does it not does it count but almost like there's so many like conflicting emotions around it and a lot of it I can recognize as stuff that isn't valid in, in a certain like reassuring way but you still think all of those thoughts and you're like oh how do you make yourself like have the right mindset I think it's hard like what are you like what do you I'm tricks I think I'm trying to just be okay with whatever I think and like say it's okay for me to feel whatever I'm feeling because like but and also I don't know because I I think I've I've also felt some guilt around it because I almost feel like I don't feel sad enough sometimes and then I've I've been like oh is that true or is, is am I blocking some stuff still or like have I not processed it but like it's okay if I have processed it and like I'm just it is there uh, there's obviously no right way you're supposed to feel or like right amount of grief or right amount of sadness or like any of that but it's it's just this it's really surreal I think that's like one of the most like helpful words I could say is like it's been such a surreal thing because it's because it's early on it almost doesn't feel like it's real yet but then it's also such a huge thing when you think about like what your body's going through and all of that and especially for like my first pregnancy like I've never tried to get pregnant before I've never been pregnant before so like to have that be the like the result of the first one's kind of shitty and like that's also I think that made me worry because I was like I don't want to like the next time I get pregnant knock on wood like feel super anxious about it it's like because I feel like you were trying to have a really good mindset about yeah. it because you have friends and stuff who've been pregnant and didn't even know for a while and yeah. like you know like I me too and like people I have friends who've done like crazy things while they're pregnant and everything's fine so it's hard to and then friends who've been like crazy anxious and done everything yeah. perfect and then everything isn't fine right like it is just never it's hard I just, there's definitely like part of me that was like oh did I do something and like our parents it's hard not to go down that yeah, mindset our parents right? were like oh you shouldn't go to volleyball like stop doing these things and like I went to volleyball like twice and went to the gym once but like I really did like at the beginning I was feeling super tired and I like definitely like slowed down on stuff but like, I don't think any of that would have anything to do with any like it, they say it's, it's, good it's a not chromosome to thing get into to that go kind down of that spiral too. but yeah. it's hard because like that's I think that's ingrained in a lot of women to like hate your body and blame your body and all that stuff and like I definitely tried not to go down that path but I know it's a common thing for people to go down and like I also don't want to get too like obsessed now about being like oh I need to do everything 100% right and be like the most healthy like I don't want to put so much on myself in that way like moving forward either and like I think also you, so you wanted to have like a really natural yeah. pregnancy and birth as much as possible. And yeah. then you had to have a thousand scans. Oh, no. and like farmers that are like, you've already had more scans than you do in 
a whole pregnancy yeah. in like this like three weeks and I was like oh it's really I feel like I'm gonna have PTSD of going to scans like the next yeah, time I, I don't know scan, how you wouldn't that, be was, like, that oh was so awful that <laughs> yeah. scan it was horrible yeah. that first one like I mean all of them but yeah it's just first one was so sad yeah yeah I don't know it's just um I don't even know what I like yeah I don't know I feel like sometimes now I just feel fine and I'm like oh that's done okay but then I feel weird about feeling fine. There's a weird relief sometimes because it's like, well, now you can like move forward. But then you feel the guilt about yeah. feeling relief about that. I definitely do. And then even like I was saying to you when all this is happening, oh, I think I want to do like some sort of maybe like a ceremony or like mm-hmm. something at some point. But I haven't done that yet. But I haven't felt like called to yet. And then I'm like, is that bad if I don't do it? Or, like, and I know it's not. But like you just have all these. Like what are the about right everything. things to do? Yeah. What's the right way to think? What's the right way to act? What's the right? But I just don't think there is a right way to feel. Way. Yeah. Yeah. No, there isn't. No. But that's what you. You're. It's like a way to find structure. structure yeah, or, or like some meaning in it, or yeah. like something. Um, I think for me too, I was like really worried about being able to get pregnant in the first place because I was like never tried and didn't know and all this stuff, and then that happened so quickly. I, I hadn't even really thought about staying pregnant and like obviously I know about miscarriage and stuff but like I'm pretty healthy but I don't think I knew that much about it in general and like I know that it's common but I was like well hopefully that won't be me um but then it was <laughs> but yeah I don't know it's just I think I wonder still if it's gonna hit me more at some point in the future or if I've been like holding back something or like in a way I want it to like I feel like I want to have like a giant cry and be like ah, and like just like fall apart but then I almost like at this point somehow feel like even stronger in myself in an, in a nice way but in a way where I'm like what's that like is that allowed almost like it's strange I don't know yeah I'm just yeah I like can't even believe that you went through all of that and <laughs> I'm just so like I don't know I, I feel so sad that you had mm. to do that and I feel also so proud of you mm. for like how you handled it and I think it has made you so I don't know it is strong and resilient which but I guess it's like you don't want to have to be resilient yeah. but <laughs> there's just um you've definitely like grown from it not that you would want to do that yeah. either but yeah and I think how calm you are in a certain way about everything mm. that happened and like matter of fact I think is like really inspiring and not that everyone has to be like that no. or should be like that but like I think for you it's like a testament to where you are in your life and like in yourself yeah I hope so I think I do have a f- I do have a fear and I've already said this a few times but I'm like am I just like holding back or like being self-protective or like not letting myself feel more but I don't actually think that's it I don't know I think I do just have an acceptance of like that is just nature sometimes and it is just like my body's way that was like okay this one isn't gonna work um and it does happen yeah and like I and I think because I know how common it is and like that's just a part of 
You're human. not the first person we know who's no. been through it, which I think And is, I won't be the last. And I'm sure there's a lot of people we know who have been through so, it. And that's why there is power in talking about it. And yeah. it's so nice that you're doing that because I'm sure you're going to help somebody. I hope so. Because I, I, like, I feel like I'm also lucky that I haven't fallen down that rabbit hole of being like, what's wrong with me? What's wrong with my body? Why didn't this work? Like, all of that stuff. And, like, I just don't think anyone should fall down that path because, like, it's just, I don't know. Yeah, it's just been such a journey in such a short time like that's just been the beginning of the year for me like finding out i'm pregnant and going down this like crazy miscarriage journey um but i feel like i do feel like i've come out stronger on the other end and i do feel like i'm sure there's a lot of people we know that we don't know who have had yeah. miscarriages and 100%. like maybe you feel maybe you do feel shame around it or like failure or i don't know like there's so many things you could feel like i feel like you felt like you weren't really allowed to talk about it yeah because it wasn't up to 12 weeks yeah it it was like too early or didn't count or all this stuff but like i just feel like it's such a i don't think we give women credit for like making humans and like giving birth and and then still having to go to work and do everything it's so much it's such a weird like that was like what i said before like the surrealness of it is also what hit me because it's like you are literally like making something like making a human inside you and then that like then the human is dying and you're just like going around doing groceries and going to work it's like what it's just so weird like yeah i don't know i don't even yeah and i it was good for me because i took i took quite a few like sick days for some of the appointments and And just because like i kept thinking i was i was miscarrying or going to have the surgery or do this and like I think before I would have felt more guilt for it and been like, I can't take a sick day because I'm not, like, sick. Or, like, I don't know, just, like, weird stuff. But I actually just, like, took not a lot of time. But, like, I didn't feel bad about it. I was just like, you know what? This is a real thing. And it's, like, a big thing. And, mm-hmm. and like, yeah, my work was super understanding about it. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I'm trying to remember if there's, like, anything else that happened or, like... Because I know when I was going through it, I wanted, like lots of details about everything and i'm trying to remember if there's anything else but like i oh i do i do feel like one good thing was like it made me feel like i can trust my intuition and my body because like i feel like i did know and like obviously the spotting was a sign but like for the most part that's normal yeah and there's something about i think i just knew that yeah i knew there was something and like that is good to know but i i do worry my next pregnancy i'll just be paranoid about everything yeah. <laughs> like do i know or do i not know but um i think it's it's also realizing like you don't have control over so much and like i don't want to like go forward living my life super paranoid or, or being like yeah. yeah and like i just want to have faith that it will work out when it's supposed to and like yeah i don't know i don't want to say like that thing like everything happens for a reason or blah blah blah. but like i just want to have faith i think yeah and yeah. not lose that faith yeah. and that trust in yourself yeah i don't know what i would say like if i give advice i think um I, I was really glad that i did tell like quite a few people that i was pregnant in the first place because yeah. then it was so much easier to get support and like it was nice to have people like checking in and being like how are you like what's happening yeah. and like 
It's nice I feel to like also you got to celebrate yeah. joyful and have joyful time with your loved ones yeah, about before. a joyful thing yeah. right? before it became a sad yeah. thing. Um, and like, I feel like, yeah, I, I just had a really good support network and like you and Farmer and our parents and like some friends from Canada and like friends from here, like everyone was just like really wonderful and like was kind of like I'm here you need to talk but you also don't have to talk or like all that stuff like I just knew that people were there if I needed it and that was really good so I think having a support network and just being open about it like really helped me and um and then I feel like like other people opened up to me about their experiences and then it made it all feel like just more normal and more okay and like yeah because you don't want to like feel alone in it community that you never wanted yeah to be a part of, yeah but, but it's still yeah i think the support network was like the biggest thing and it is hard because like even farmer my partner was like saying he wasn't sure how to support me and i was like i don't actually know if i know like how to articulate that but like he was just there for me and i would like would do whatever i asked of him which was great but like it is it's just such a weird thing to go through and be going through and like especially because it was so drawn out and so up and down and like it felt like it felt like you weren't allowed to just properly grieve yeah but i don't know maybe i'll feel more of that later maybe not and i think it's okay either way i think the main thing i would say is just like don't don't blame yourself for anything like know whatever you're feeling is okay and like reach out to people if if you need to um I'm here to talk if anyone needs to. Um, yeah, it's just it's just one of those things where it's shit. Oh, that's another thing. Like, I feel like nothing anyone can say will actually be great. Mm-hmm. Like, nothing's actually comforting. Mm-hmm. I think the best thing you can say is like, "I'm sorry, this really sucks," and like, "I'm here for you," basically. Because I've heard like people say a lot of things, and like, I wasn't mad at anyone for saying anything, but like, even when someone's like, "Oh, you are so strong," or like you'll be okay or you'll get pregnant again or like there's a lot of things people say yeah. and like none of those things make you feel better no. at that time because like I kind of I knew all of that stuff like I I feel like I am a strong person and I know that I'll always be okay and like I do have faith that like I'll be able to have a baby and all this stuff but like when you're going through it it's just shit like it's just really really yeah. shitty and like it's just nice to have people just acknowledge that and like be there for you and also because you can't kind of lift yourself up out of it no. in the middle of it no it's like what are you gonna like you're oh, not I'm gonna thinking about your next baby like, yeah. like well i'm still waiting for my yeah. like, 20th scan yeah like, it's really hard place to be yeah so i think yeah if you're trying to support someone through it just let them know you're there let them know that you can there to talk if you want to talk or like I think my boss was like, oh, I'm here to talk if you want or if you need a distraction or if you need, like, just, like, it's just nice to know that there's support around you and, like, to have people acknowledge how shitty the situation is. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Is there anything else? I think that's most of it. Well, I just want to say thank you so much for sharing this, I feel like this it was journey that you've been good on. Good to share. Like, I think it'll be good for me to, like, be able to have this as a recollection because like I've been like should I be writing all this and I like journaled a bit during all of it but like I think it'll be hard to remember all of it yeah. if not for this and like I think I hope just whoever needs this will find it on the internet <laughs> or wherever mm-hmm. and might might get some comfort from it or get like yeah just some advice for knowing that other people have been through it and it's 
Yeah. Well, you're very brave and you're very mm-hmm. strong. Thank and you. I hope I can say that now. Yeah. Well, no, you can. I was time. never like annoyed at anyone for anything they said, but yeah. I think for me, what like was the most supportive felt like when people were just like, "That yeah. sucks." <laughs> like, <laughs> I am here. So yeah. Yeah. Well, I love you very much. Thank you. I love you too. And thank yeah. you for being supportive. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. Yeah. I think that's about it. I think so. Should we do um our Woo-woo? mantra? Woo-woo? Yeah, I think I that'd think be mantra nice. Would be really yeah. nice to finish with. I think so. I feel like I could use that like which mantra? Energy. I think our usual. Well, do you know? Yeah. Or which? Okay, because yeah, there's yeah. two. So, so I, I was like, what's the? That's my usual. Okay. <laughs> so it's time for the woo woo part of the podcast. <laughs> Oma Satoma Satgamaya Tamasoma Joyti Gamaya Vichoma Amritangamaya Oma Satoma Satgamaya Tamasoma Joyti Gamaya Vichorma Amritam Gamaya Om Asatoma Sat Gamaya Tamasoma Joyti Gamaya Vichorma Amritam Gamaya Thank you for listening. Namaste, guys. We love you guys. Big hugs and big love to everybody out there.